When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Hello and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast. I am Austin, also known as Teacup. I'm one of your hosts for this podcast. And I am Ben of Tamaria. And yeah, so we've been talking about starships forever. And because there are a lot of them, you know, which is fitting for a movie series and a universe called Star Wars. I mean, you would think spaceships are a big part of that, which they are. Yeah. So, Ben, what are we talking about today? So, as we continue this long, long thing <laughs> of a topic we're going over, this week we are going over the Delta Seven, or commonly known as the Jedi Starfighter, that we all know and love from uh, the Star Wars universe. And it's not the Star- uh, Jedi Starfighter we see in Episode 3. Is the earlier models, it's the V-shaped ones. A triangle, triangle shaped. So not the ones that have the folding wings. Correct. Okay, the ones that go into the little, well, I guess the other ones go into the hyperdrive thing too, but. But, I mean, actually, the Deltas always confuse the crap out of me. So this is the one that Obi-Wan flies in Attack the Clones. Yes. Had to double check myself, but yes. This is the one that he flies in Attack of the Clones. The um, triangle-shaped style of the Delta series. The I forget the one that they use with the name of the one they use in Revenge of the Sith. I know it's a Delta. Might be the Delta Eight. It's I think, maybe, maybe not. Let me I can tell you exactly what it is. Let me boot up Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Oh my god, I forgot it's in that game. Yes. Oh wait, yeah, because Plo Koon and Ahsoka have those as Starfighters in the game, or don't they? Uh, so Plo Koon and there's a general Jedi one. They uh-huh. have a seven. Oh, okay. Which is the one. Yes. Anakin and Ahsoka have the other one. Okay. So let me see. So it is called the ETA two starfighter. ETA. That's right. Duh, we covered a little bit of that. Yeah. And Ahsoka Tano's is just the, uh, just says Jedi Starfighter. Go figure. So, 
Well, that's just, if you've played Galaxy of Heroes, you know that their naming is not always consistent. No. For example, Jango Fett is a separatist, but Boba Fett is not Empire. That's weird. Yeah. So they're not the most reliable source, but I think ETA 2 is the... (laughs) ETA 2 is the correct term, that is true, yes. Yeah, like we said earlier, there's well too many different starfighters in this universe. Way too many. But, um... Yeah, so let's just dive into it. Uh, As always, we start with the Legends. So we go with the pre-Clone Wars. The Delta series predated the Jedi's use of the Delta 7, which began testing at around 27 BBY, and came into service shortly before the Clone Wars. Which makes sense, because we see Obi-Wan fly one and attack on the clones, which is still technically before the Clone Wars. Uh, the Delta Six Sprite class starfighter was also used around the same time as the Invasion of Boo, and the Delta Twelve Sky Sprite was released on the civilian market following the launch of the Outbound Flight Project. It would seem that the starfighter was also tested by the Jedi, as Obi Wan Kenobi flew one himself just before the launch. Hence, Attack on the Clones. Right. Sist- you know, this is completely off topic. <laughs> So Yoda just drops the Clone Wars, like designating it the Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. out of nowhere. Like, I know they have the clone army, but why wouldn't this be like, you know, we call the events of the the original trilogy the Galactic Civil War. Mm -hmm. Is this not a civil war? Like, it's not a clone war. Like... The clones aren't fighting each other. True, but the the term Clone Wars comes from the Republic uses clone troopers. The Separatists are using droids, which are respectively clones of themselves because they're using the same type of droids. Granted, there's different models of droids, but there's there's also different types of troopers. I'm just saying. I know. I, I see. I know what you. I know what you're getting nothing- at. There's nothing that designates it the Clone War. Nope. Clone Wars. And, like, it's wars. Is it not? Like, there's no, like, for it to be wars, like, I feel like you have have to have, like, okay, here's the end of this phase. Here's the Mm -hmm. end of this phase. But there's never a peace. Technically, there's never a peace treaty Mm -mm. signed. The Clone Wars technically never end because the... Confederacy just poof. I mean, I guess you can technically say it ended after the Confederacy, you know, died because you know Palpatine. But other I'm than just... that, yeah, yeah, there's like there's no peace, there's no like truce or like ceasefire or anything. It's just an ongoing battle for what's well, a span of what three years? Four um... years. Something like that. It's not long. It's not terribly long. But, you know, and just the the point of the only reason they called the Clone Wars is because there's that one little drop in A New Hope where Luke says, my father fought in the Clone Wars. Yeah. And they kind of had to, like, make something up (laughs) in the prequel trilogy because there's only one war and it's not clones fighting each other. And, like, why would Yoda just name it that? 
Why is a Jedi notating what the history is going to remember this conflict as? Are there not historians outside of the Jedi Order? I mean, there are, but it's Yoda. I mean, are you going to argue with a guy who's been living well over 800 years? The Force. (laughs) Or, yeah, then you have the Force. So, but in old legends, this is really, in old legends, you have the Second Galactic Civil War. True. And so, would this not just, it would actually be the Third Galactic Civil War. Technically, yes. And isn't it all just like at least the second like isn't really just the Clone Wars and the Galactic Civil War? Aren't they just the same? Like, yeah, respectively, pretty much. They, this you like, know, it, I got this it's it's I naming really schemes. Really it's just a naming scheme. I've really so then we have uh so C ten uh not pleased with the vessel's already impressive performance modified a pair of the starfighters to better suit its needs. He managed to increase the starfighters operating by adding four quad pulse laser cannons to his usual uh compilement of two dual cannons which were fitted into the breakaway panels until the pilot chose to enter a flight fight mode where the only when only done when it deemed absolutely necessary. So that's interesting. I think that like, is interesting. Mainly because it's in that point of like I think we see this in the Clone Wars where his fighter like has a little bit more blasters. Mm-hmm. But like I'm still just going now I'm going back to like okay so you have this Jedi who's like okay this vessel doesn't kill good enough for me, so I need it to kill better. Right. Yeah. They're kind of doomed from the start. Uh, in addition to these weapons, Ten also managed to fit a small Class Three hyperdrive of its own making, negating... Uh, Negating the need of a hyperdrive ring unless time of the was of the essence, it also replaced the regular pilot seat with a more comfortable meditation chair, allowing for a Jedi to enter their meditations more easily during long hyperspace journeys. Okay. So it can use a hyperdrive, but only for, I would imagine, the hyper... Was it Class 3 hyperdrive? Yeah, Class 3. I believe, and this is just on the top of my head, um, they're only used for short distance uh, jumps. Not like where, you know, we see Obi-Wan, he obviously is flying a Delta-7, has to use a hyperspace ring to go to Kamino because it's, you know, in the, not in the core roles, but it's in the inner rim, right? Yeah, Kamino's inner rim. So it's a longer jump. I am, I equate this to like, okay, you know, I don't take my big, if I don't need space, I don't take my big SUV on a long journey Mm -hmm. because my sedan will get get better gas mileage. Right. And then we have uh, Jedi Master Adi Galia uh, flight tested one of these Delta 7 prototypes when faced with Captain Kavik Toth in his... Trihexion fleet taking it to the Kershok uh, system shortly before the Battle of Geonosis. Uh, it was here that she also learned that several force powers, in conjunction with the Starfighter, both offensive and defensive, 
the resounding success of this mission meant that many of the existing Delta 7s were modified to 10's specifications. So here's another, like, and this is Legends. So in canon, in the High Republic era, we have the Jedi use special starfighters called Vectors where they can use the Force and manipulate the how the fighter can function basically and only a jedi can fly him delta sevens are basically like that obviously with better tech but from what we see anybody can fly a delta seven regardless if you have the force or not hmm. and then obi-wan flew uh the other of these prototypes on his mission to albecus also shortly before the Battle of Genosis, and was attacked by Jango Fett and the, his Slave 1 en route. And it's n- not a Slave 1 anymore, mind you. In the new canon, it's called the Fire Spray. Because that's what well, well, that's the type of ship. That's yeah, what that's, it is. That's, it just like, doesn't have a name anymore. That's like calling the Millennium Falcon a Karelian freighter. Yeah. Yep, they just call it the Fire Spray now because, you know... They don't want to use the term. And Wait. honestly, and it was never the name of the ship. It was never shown up in the original trilogy. They used no, it for they, marketing terms. For they toys. never name it. They never, and they never name it in no. any movie. Nope. They never name his ship. They, the name of the ship slave one was literally made up for toy usage. When um, mm-hmm. the ship was being produced for toys. Right. Did you never, think of something? As a kid, it's like I, you know, I never called it the Delta Seven or the uh, ETA Two. Mm-hmm. I oh, in Starfighter. Oh, that's Boba Fett's ship. Like, right. Yep. He managed to fight him off thanks to the hidden weaponry and continued on his journey. It seemed that the next time Kenobi faced Fett was when he was in his regular Delta Seven. It is also possible the result would have been very different if he had been in the same prototype. Meaning Fett would have won? I guess. That's what I'm assuming. Stationed in the hangar bays of the Jedi Temple on Coruscant and other facilities... Aether sprites were assigned to all field Jedi. General used starfighters were colored in turquoise, and starfighters coded in other specific Jedi were colored red. Hmm. And then other hues emerged due to individual customization during the Clone Wars. Anakin Skywalker extensively modified Azure Angel, adding large turbine engines and internal hyperdrive in a paint scheme reminiscent to. That used on his pod racer and Tatooine, some Delta 7s even included a bomb chute in the rear or forward seismic charge launcher, although these were rare. Just think of a Delta 7 with a seismic charge. (laughs) The best sound in all of Star Wars. Yes, I will fight anybody on that. Like, that's the best sound effect they've ever made. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that it's eerily similar to, uh, well, that the Reaper sound is reminiscent of that in Mass Effect? You know what? I never compared the two. I'm going yeah. to I'm, I'm gonna have to go and watch a scene with a Reaper. Just the the large, like, subwoofer vibration. No, seriously, like, play them back to back between the Reapers and... Seconds of Charges? Okay. 
I'll do that. Which Mass Effect takes a lot of inspiration from Star Wars, so yeah, that's not surprising. That's true. Uh, now we move to the Clone Wars. Uh, more extensive deviations from the standard Delta Seven also existed, and unlike Anakin's personal cr- uh, craft, they were available to limited numbers from the Kawat Systems Engineering. Jedi wishing to avoid clashes with enemy forces sometimes used a high-speed variant. This version of the fighter featured greatly enhanced acceleration as well as increasing the maximum velocity from 1,150 kilometers per hour to 1,260 kilometers per hour. On the opposite of the spectrum, Jedi expecting to gauge in heavy dogfights would often employ Delta Sevens and high maneuver variant. So, just like any other starfighter, Delta Sevens came in in all different versions. Go figure. Makes sense. Um, modify using a vice collected from various Jedi pilots, including Anakin Skywalker and Plo Koon. The high maneuver version of the ship was known to agitate droid, uh, droid starfighters during combat. That's kind of funny. The droid's just getting PO'd the entire time because they can't catch him. <laughs> I would watch a whole sitcom that is just just droids no just a bunch of b1 battle droids like going about there every day on a a star cruiser or star fighter we kind of get that in clone wars but like just even so just having their own show just just like well bill got his head chopped off by a jedi again so he's over in repairs trying to do that and now i gotta pick up the slack yeah i just love the scenes with the b1s where they're like a Jedi comes in, wipes him out, and one of them's just left. And it's like, oh man, does this really have to happen? I was having a good day. <laughs> oh no, there's one scene in Clone Wars. And this gets me there are two scenes with B ones that get me every time. The first is in Clone Wars. And it's two B ones are like coming up on Ahsoka or Anakin, and one says, Hands up, and the other B one just goes, What's the point? <laughs> Which I just laugh every time at that one. And my other one is in Rebels when they go to the planet where the attack the uh, t- tactician droid. Oh, is. the tactical droid. Yeah, where they do tactical that. Droid, and all the wow. droids are saying "Roger, Roger," and Ezra in his kid way just goes, "Who's Roger? <laughs> Who's Roger? I don't know who this Roger, Roger is." <laughs> me every time, but no. But why do we even bot? What's the point? Yeah, what's the point of? putting a hands up with the Jedi. <laughs> We're going to yeah. get cut down. It's whatever. So, uh, as Delta 7s were lost in battle, they were replaced by Delta 7Bs. The main modification of the 7B series was the droid socket was centered and allowed unmodified detachable astromechs, R2 series and higher, to be used. This, uh, this move was popular amongst most Jedi, and the trait was carried on to the ETA-2s, Plo Koon also flew a Delta 7B. And then towards the end of the Clone Wars, manufacturer Quat drives yards, developed the more refined starfighter, the ETA-2, Actus Actus Class Interceptor, uh, based on experience gain from the Delta 7 Aether Sprite, and these fighters are used in large numbers during the Clone Wars, including the Battle of Coruscant, which we See, it literally, it's the start of episode three. That's the Battle of Coruscant right then and there. Mm-hmm. 
The a number of Delta Seven starfighters remained in use by the Jedi after the introduction of the ETA twos, including Plo Koon's personal starfighter, as preferred the Delta Seven to the point that he continued to use use it until his death at Kato Nemoria. Uh, uh, several years after the Clone Wars ended, Quat sold the entire Delta line to Sinar Fleet Systems. Afterwards, the Delta Seven would be phased out. So, which makes sense because then it became the, you know, Galactic Empire and then they had no use for any of that. They were just <laughs> wanted the ties, which is far less. Uh, the Delta Sevens are far superior than ties. Yes. And then we get now get to the Galactic Civil War. So Wedge and Tullys would later retrieve an abandoned Delta-7 after his X-Wing crash landed on Geonosis sometime after the Battle of Hoth and the Third Battle of Geonosis during this Galactic Civil War, as he needed a way to escape the planet after being attacked by the Republic gunship pilot by uh, Sarkil. Uh, the exterior was relatively undamaged, and the R5, R5 unit repowered it. Or his R5 unit repowered it. Man, you know, can they just stop having battles on Geonosis? Yeah, just stay away from that planet, please. <laughs> there's nothing. Also, there's no tactician tactical advantage for that planet. The Galactic Civil War, the properly named war. Yes, <laughs> the properly named one. This is this is true. Uh, afterwards, he utilized its uh, Void 7 seismic charges to destroy two Storm Commandos' owned Imperial escort carriers and also eliminating several squadrons of TIE bombers, TIE interceptors, and TIE fighters before promptly retreating alongside the Rebels via hyperspace ring. It was later stored in a Starfighter hangar. So he literally just took this Delta 7 and just wiped out an entire fle- uh, small fleet at this point. With just size well, charges. That's what Antilles for him. That's true. That's you know, everyone says that, you know, Luke is a good pilot and everything, but he doesn't do a lot of piloting outside of A New Hope. True. It's, it's mainly like ground combat is what he normally focuses on because he has a lightsaber. Where are you going to well, have Wedge, a person with a lightsaber? Ground. Wedge Antilles is the best starfighter pilot in the Rebellion. Yeah. Now, you could fight me for the best pilot is a toss-up probably between Hera and Han, but... As far as starfighters go, Wedge. Mm-hmm. At least during the Galactic Civil War. Uh, or even, heck, even in the sequel series, Wedge is still flying a fighter. Yep. Um, but yeah, he even shows up in Squadrons. It shows how much how prominent of a starfighter pilot he is. And then the design of the Delta Seven later evolved into the R-22 Spearhead and the RZ-1 A-Wing Interceptor of the Galactic Civil War. So, why change that to the (laughs) A-Wing? Also, I was looking at the R-22 Spearhead. It looks like an A-Wing, but I can't tell what cartoon it's from in the picture that I'm seeing there. Oh God, uh, that I mean, it's obviously this is all legend. So, yeah, God, I want to say that's that's a cartoon Star Wars had back in at least in the you know 
late 80s 90s oh it's this i think it's the star wars droids that show do you remember uh wasn't that in the 90s probably i want to say that was 90s it's hard to keep up on all, all, a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. but that's what we have for legends for the uh delta seven Yeah. I'd say it's a good time for a mid-break. Yeah, let's do it. Alright, well welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything to do with the podcast, but that does not have to do with Legends versus Canon of the Star Wars universe. So it's this time that I thank our patrons. Thank you all to our patrons for your support. We greatly appreciate it. And also, if you would like to join our Patreon, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash holocronhistories. We greatly appreciate your support and you can sign up for any kind of tier to add free episodes all the way up to coming on the show with us and hanging out with us once a month. Last week, we had our patron chat we hung out and we talked about what career you would want in the star wars universe and there were some opinions that were said yes don't be a politician also so yeah so that's a lot of fun you can also support us by leaving us ratings or reviews on apple or spotify if you leave us five stars with some words we will read it out on a future episode of the show other than that, you can come hang out with us on Discord. You can join us on the Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. And you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord server. Both great places to hang out, great places to find other podcasts like the other podcast we do, the Dragon Age Lorecast, Assassin's Creed Lorecast, uh, the Wizarding War World. World. Lorecast. Wizarding World, yes. Do the Wizarding Not- World Lorecast. Well, and you Wizard- have and you have your inheritance. Yes, the page inheritance. By page. Cycle page by page podcast lots of podcasts lots of stuff yeah it's a lot of fun yes yes it is well that was a quick mid-break it was a quick mid-break i think we're good to go yeah let's get back into it all right now that we're back oh, i still did so, it's something time, it's it's weird this time i heard like a very quick blaster shot weird but no no one comes up it comes up in the recording i, I have no idea that's super weird <laughs> i'm just gonna give up on it no more <laughs> and i'll just be pleasantly surprised when it happens once again there we go so now that we're out of the legends we now go into the canon of the delta 7 which there is canon but it's not a lot because a lot of the info came from legends from the delta 7 cuz they used it a lot more <laughs> so we have the republic service of the delta 7 the delta 7 entered the service with the jedi order prior to, uh, prior to or during 32 BBY, Qui-Gon Jinn operated at Delta-7 as he did his Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yoda operated his own customized version and flew it to a mission um, to the Vagadar system. And of course, he has to have a, you know, customized version for his stature. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, four years later, Master uh, Depa Bedil uh, uh, Bedeba Debella. I think that's the I. Balaba. Balaba. God. Names. Uh, flew a Delta Seven as part of the Hazard Squadron as escort for the relief convoy heading to Bromlarch. Uh, she provided inf- interference between the convoy starships and the attacking pirates. So that comes from a book that I've actually read. No, oh, so okay. That, that comes from the Queen's Shadow book, which is the oh. first of that trilogy. Okay. So yeah, she comes in and it's like. That's where you get a little more of the history between Padme and Rush Clovis. Ugh, I hate him. But um He shows him Clone Wars, doesn't he? Yeah, he's the banking clan guy. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that Anakin with. gets super jealous of. Yeah, and beats him up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I remember that. Lots of red flags, Padme. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that actually happens there, and it's really cool because we get to see her. And if you don't know that, that's Kanan's master when he's Kanan. Oh, okay. Depa Balaba is Kanan's master. Yes. Oh, and we see. Oh no. Oh, we know what happens to her. Sadly. Mm-hmm. But uh, so then we get to in twenty-two BBY, Kenobi flew his interceptor on a mission to Kamino during which he discovered the existence of a clone army being produced without the approval of the Galactic Senate. The bounty hunter Jango Fett serves as a cloning template, and also suspect in a plot to assassinate Senator Amidala. The Jedi High Council ordered Kenobi to apprehend Fett and bring him to Coruscant for interrogation. Fett evaded arrest, but Kenobi manages to follow him to Geonosis. Which, obviously, we all see this in Attack of the Clones. And then uh, once Fett uh, became aware of Kenobi's presence, the two engaged in a drawn-out dogfight over Genosis during the Kenobi jettison his starfighter's spare parts canisters to feign his own death. Uh, Kenobi eventually made his way to the surface of the planet, but was arrested by the Confederacy of Independent Systems. So we didn't talk about this earlier, but that's actually the first time that we see the fire spray actually engage in combat. True, yeah, because we don't see uh, Boba use his use the fire spray whatsoever. Like we see him fly it, right? But that's it. That's all we see during the original trilogy. Well, we don't like because of the technology. We don't get a lot of the dog fighting True. in uh, Empire and A New Hope because it's mainly crashes. <laughs> yeah, the technology we don't really see that there. But by the time we get to Jedi, we have a little bit more. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot more money. Yeah, yeah, because success, you know, nobody thought Star Wars going to plan out, obviously, with A New Hope. It became popular with, became super pop, bit more popular, so they, you know, kept it more under wraps with Empire, and then by the, yeah, by the uh, opening of Return, or before Return comes out, like, when they're in production, like, George Lucas has made so much more money. Well, and, like, I'll be quite honest with you all. I love Star Wars and I love those those movies, but George Lucas's Empire is built on toys. Yes. Oh yeah, without that, like he, like yeah, all his money, all his profits is from toy marketing. Yep. That is the 
And honestly, that's the best way to grow a franchise is toys. Right. Period. <laughs> I mean, look at Lucasfilm now. What what does Star Wars mainly sell now? Toys. Who collects all these toys? People Me. our age. <laughs> <laughs> so it works. <laughs> something's gr- something's going right. Not me buying a Ahsoka Mando Black Series figure, literally. Or a Basila and Malak coming out that was just announced. Yes, I saw that. I'm so excited. Um, so back on topic, uh, Anakin and Senator uh, Padme Amidala uh, attempted to re- stage a rescue, but were also apprehended and sentenced to death in the Patranaki Arena. Is that how you say that? Petronaki is probably Petronaki Arena. A Jedi assault team deployed to rescue the trio, but was uh, severely depleted in the verge of defeat when Yoda arrived in the Grand Arm uh, with the Grand Army of the Republic. The ensuing first battle of Geonosis resulted in the end of the Separatist crisis and the beginning of the Clone War. Oh, see, they have war. Not war, it's just war. Super weird. And at least mm-hmm. one Delta Seven uh, belonging to Jedi Master Plo Koon at the end of the Clone War and 19 BBY was destroyed uh, in the capture of Kato and Moria during the execution of Order 66. I'm not over it. And then Age of Empire. The early alliance would begin to use rebuilt Delta 7 interceptors for local engagements along with other aging Clone War era equipment and other system patrol crafts. That's it in the Galactic because we just don't see them whatsoever after. Which uh, we know. So really in the content now like post Return Revenge of the Sith we don't see a lot of Jedi starfighters at all. Nope. Assumingly, they were all destroyed. We see one in Fallen Order. They see yep. it in the Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Was that? That was an ETA too. I was about to say I thought that was an ETA too, but yeah, they really get at the get go. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, that's really it that we've seen so far in the current canon. Yep. So now we move to the characteristics of the fighter. Uh, Manufactured by Kuwait Systems Engineering, the Delta VII Aether Sprite class light interceptor was a Jedi-used starfighter and saw extensive action during the last years of the Galactic Republic and was designed specifically for the Jedi in mind. The Delta VII's designers worked with the Jedi Order to create a starfighter with fewer internal systems than other starships and focused on making the controls as responsive as possible due to the Jedi's force sensitivity capabilities. Which makes sense. I mean, if you're going to make a starfighter for a Jedi, let them use the force with it. And then an elite transport, it could accommodate a single pilot with an integrated astromech droid, as unlike later Starfighter models, the wings were too thin for a full astromech socket. And then, instead of a modified astromech was hardwired into the socket on the Vestal wings, with its dome remaining intact and the uh, components plugged directly into the ship's computer, the droid therefore would play an important role, important part in the ascenting, assisting the pilot with navigation, damage control, and hyperspace travel coordinates which i mean let's be honest you need an astromech if you're doing any hyperspace travel 
It's it's just Fair. required at this point. Unless you're Mando. No, he doesn't use droids. Exactly. That's, that's about it. Uh, unlike most ships in the galaxy, the Delta Seven Jedi Starfighter did not feature a built-in hyperdrive, but instead relied on external hyperspace transport rings attached to the starship, allowing it to enter the trans-dimensional realm. Despite this, the ship could still attain speeds of 1,260 kilometers per hour in rural space and was often painted red, the color which represented the diplomatic immunity the Jedi enjoyed. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yes, because yeah, they enjoyed diplomatic immunity. That's that's fun because you know they're always caught up in you know conflict. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then now we get to behind the scenes. The Delta Seven asteroids first appeared in the two thousand two saga film Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Uh, the Star Wars Complete Location states that the Delta Seven Asper's author sprites were created due to the invasion of Boo. However, Star Wars 2015 uh, 26 showed them uh, before the invasion. That's just... Which... Oh, that's it's a George... comic. Yeah, George is not... No one really knowing the standard canon and like this is something to be said just in general the movies and official material for the movies will always supersede like the written media about star wars yep that's the canon yep which is unfortunate sometimes when things get changed or retconned and then the Starfighter was originally conceived as a Stormtrooper fighter, but would have linked both the prequel and the original trilogy together. That would have been actually pretty interesting if they did that. Right. Uh, Jedi Starfighters appeared in the 2002 video game Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds clone campaigns. They were the Galactic Republic special units that are produced at fortresses. And in Jedi Starfighter... Yes, and Star Jedi Starfighter, because the Delta Seven is literally the cover art. Right, <laughs> it's a yellow one though, so it's the yeah. general. I don't think the Delta Seven appears in either in any of the uh, Battlefronts. Battlefronts games. Um, it's not in the new Battlefront Two or the original. Yeah, no, it's not in the two it's Battlefront Two. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think it's mainly the ETA, at least in the new Battlefront 2. I can't remember if they have either of those in Battlefront the original Battlefronts. If they did, I think it was the ETA. Well, Battlefront 1 if they had it at all. Okay. And then uh in Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan Starfighter in cockpit display Display the information during using the Star Wars 76 script and not in Arabesh. Hmm. Which is interesting, too. So that's just another thing that Lucasfilm loved to do is reuse stuff they used in earlier projects. Because it's cheap. And they have a giant warehouse full of stuff. Because Star Wars... 
So, but that's what we have in the canon. Like I said, there's not a whole lot in the canon because the Delta Seven was really only used during the Clone Wars. Yes, the Delta Seven is appears in the original Battlefront, the 2003 Battlefront game for the Xbox, but it is referred to as the Republic Starfighter. I don't. Why I don't I remember that? Because I played the heck out well, of that game. There weren't actual space battles. You had oh, like, the map concluded air battle and ground assault. That's right. I'm thinking Battlefront Two because Battlefront Two had space battles. Correct, and that's that what had I'm the thinking ETA of. Too. Okay, so it was ETA. That's what I thought. Okay. That makes more sense now. But oh, that's all I got for this week. You have anything else to add, Teacup? I don't think so. All right. Other well, than that, unlike the A-Wing, spinning is a good trick in the... Oh my god, yes. The Delta Seven's like spinning maneuver is great because especially if you use all four laser, uh, laser cannons, you're literally a laser drill and it's great did you miss my joke again i did <laughs> oh uh, spinning jokes don't work with me apparently <laughs> spinning is not a good trick with ben <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh so much fun but uh yeah we will catch everybody next week uh we are going to go over the y-wing next week and then after that we are going to switch things up and not do uh starfighters because we've done a lot of starfighter episodes also next stream will be on monday yes yes uh the uh, next yeah next uh episode will be we're streaming on monday same time um I just have work stuff that came up, so life. It's fun. But, yeah. All right. I think that's everything. Cool. Well, see you later, everybody. Mm -hmm. And may the forest be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts. Podcasts.